Hello and welcome to another episode of Outsmart Charles. I'm Charles Bennett, and I'm gradually losing my grip on reality. Let's meet today's contestants for this Tournament of Champions episode. A performer from Long Beach, Willow. Hello. A theater teacher from the Inland Empire, Danny. And a guy so confident of his abilities, he's doing his taxes while appearing on this show. You know him, you hate him, Chris Berglund. Help me. As always, the first round of this show is categories of my own devising, where contestants must provide the correct answers. The contestant with the most points after nine categories, the final three of which are doubled, will advance to face me in the final and lose spectacularly. Let's look at the categories. Popular music, a root canal across Central America, Carousel of Progress, I Didn't Die on the Oregon Trail, I'll never the day I read a book, They Ran Against the President, Boys of Summer, Coffee Table Books, and Dead White well, Gals. Dead White Gals? Gals? It's Women's Month. I mean, it is, it is now... Uh, Air date, it won't be. <laughs> In that case, it was Women's Month. And it was a good one. And uh looks like, Danny, did you have the high roll in the icosahedron? Okay. Popular music. Why not? Her hits include You Belong With Me, Mean, and Blank Space. T-Swift, a.k.a. Taylor Swift. Yes. And one of the, and, uh, one of the other ones, of course, is Willow. Ironically, Danny got that question correct. This artist's top five hits include Dancing in the Dark, Glory Days, and Brilliant Disguise. The Boss, Bruce Springsteen. That's correct. Remember, nobody wins unless everybody wins. Interestingly, Bruce Springsteen had a bunch of top five hits, never a number one. A Summer Place by this film composer is one of the few instrumental tunes to become a number one hit. Oh. <laughs> um, a Summer Place, number one hit. I'm going to guess that it's uh, prior, like early, earlier film, because film, film scores aren't going to be number one hits in recent history. Um, but my film composer knowledge stops you know, probably in the seventies or sixties. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll throw something out there. Let, let's, um, uh, uh, John Williams. I know it's not right, but I'm sorry. That's incorrect. Willow for the steel. Oh, um, I'm going to start off by saying that I didn't even remember the time change last night. So the odds are not good on this. I'm going to go with Gershwin. <laughs> Who knows where the time goes? I didn't even think about Kirsch. Like uh, early that, that other guy, uh, guys. Uh, Ted Cruz. You want to steal this one? Um, I, can I guess a first name? <laughs> it's <laughs> I think it's Arthur something. I can't remember his last name. I'm going nuts. You should know this. You're one. I should. So Ted, can I just sing the song for points? You get negative one point for singing the song. <laughs> sing it. Pass. 
Leonard Bernstein. Ba, ba, and the composer was Max Steiner. Oh, yeah, no idea. Okay, we're back to Willow. Yeah, da, 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 yeah, da, da, da. Uh, where do you want to go? I'm going to go with Carousel of Progress. Okay, each of these questions. Disneyland trivia. Fun. <laughs> Carousel was the name of a musical by this duo that also brought us Oklahoma. Uh, uh, Candor and Ebb? I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Uh, Ted Kaczynski. Uh, 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 <laughs> the Gersh wins. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Ah, uh, yes. Again, uh, Roger and Hammerstein. The Rogers second and Hammerstein. <laughs> Richard yeah. Rogers, Oscar Hammerstein, the second. <laughs> The Carousel of Progress, displaying the progress of modern technology, is an attraction in this Disney World land. Oh, oh no, Florida question. Uh, is it, do they have a Tomorrowland down there? Tomorrowland! Yes, it's, it's Tomorrowland. And when Disneyland had the Carousel of Progress, it was also Tomorrowland at Disneyland. Many carousels feature this item that riders could bribe for a prize, giving rise to an idiom. Uh, is it a bag? <laughs> it is not. <laughs> What's the world record for lowest score on this game? One. <laughs> is that really it? Uh, okay, I'm just going to go for a world record. Uh, I'm going to say it was a, um, uh, I'll say plunger. Ooh. Uh, Danny, do you want to... Uh, I believe it's a it's a ring. There's like this little ring, and you can reach out and grab it, right? Like that's like a hanging ring, like yeah, like yeah. like the yeah, size of a coin. Ring. Brass yeah. ring. Oh, brass ring. Is that an idiot? Yeah, plunger. Uh, Ted, um, where do you want to go next besides In and Out Burger? Coffee table books, because I don't know that. <laughs> Ted, you're not taking this game seriously. No, I want to be memorable. Good. First question. Excellent. <laughs> the plot of one episode of Seinfeld centered around Kramer trying to write a coffee table book about these. Uh, the Soup Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just here mocking no, everyone. No points for you. Uh, it's a it's, it's a coffee book table about coffee uh, about uh, coffee book or coffee table books it's a coffee did he get it right john or it's or it's a, it's a coffee table book that turns into a coffee table it's it's very meta it's a very meta answer what what's okay, the book you said about coffee table it's a coffee table book about coffee table books right or coffee tables mm. <laughs> i need one answer sir ah okay i know it turns into a coffee table it's got like folding things uh, I think it's a coffee table book about coffee table books. Are we giving him that, John? Nope. Okay, Will, uh, you want to take a stab at this? Is it a coffee table book about coffee tables? Danny narrowed it down for you. That's what it is. <laughs> Process of elimination. 
you want to go old school for your coffee table, opt for this Audubon Ornithological Classic. Cool. Uh... Big Bird Says the Alphabet. <laughs> that was not written by John James Audubon. Danny Fastale. Okay. Uh, I'm going to pass. I wouldn't even know how to answer that. Uh, Willow. I'm not afraid of negative points. Uh, songbirds of North America. A uh, few too many words there. <laughs> the The answer was Birds of America. Ah. Oh. It's possible you might have a book of Julius Schumann Los Angeles photography featuring pictures of this Hollywood abode. Uh, Eiffel Tower. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ted, that's incorrect. <laughs> Danny Fasile. Uh, a Frank Gehry home. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, the Playboy Bunny Mansion. I don't believe so. The Have you ever seen that picture where it's like the side of the house, uh, looking out over Los Angeles? Oh, the Manson House. No, I oh. don't believe Mar Marilyn Manson lived there. No, no the correct answer. Oh, is wrong, Mansons. <laughs> We would have accepted the Case Study House. Case Study House number 22, also known as the Stall House. And unfortunately, Danny, it was not constructed by Frank Gehry. It was constructed by Pierre Koenig. <laughs> Danny, uh, your action. Uh, I'm going to go boys, boys of the Summer, of course. I was wondering when you'd get around to that one. I, I hope you like having this category all by yourself, because this category is all about baseball. Knock her out of the park. This American League club has won 27 World Series championships. The New York Yankees. 27 rings, they all say. This retired and juiced San Francisco Giant holds the career record for home runs. Barry Bonds, who Giants fans booed when I, I saw Barry Bonds play in the game at at, uh, at then Pac Bell Park in San Francisco, and they booed him. They're all upset about him not getting in the Hall of Fame. They weren't very keen on him when he was playing, so I don't know. This team that once played in Boston and Milwaukee is baseball's oldest franchise. Interesting. I didn't know that. The Braves. The Atlanta Braves. I didn't know they were the oldest, baseball's oldest franchise, though. Well, um, they've gone through a bunch of names. At one time, the they were called the Boston Bean Eaters. Just like the the Brooklyn Bridegrooms. <laughs> and let's see. Yeah, da -da -dum, yeah, da -da -dum. It's on Willow. Ah, it's me. Uh, let's go with I'll Never Forget the Day I Read a Book. I'll Never Forget the Day I Read a Book. Is that Al Pacino? <laughs> no, it's Jimmy Durante. Okay. <laughs> it needs more ha cha cha cha. The romance between Elizabeth Bennett and Fitzwilliam Darcy is central to the plot of this Jane Austen novel. Pride and prejudice. No zombies. I was going to say I zombies. I was say that too. A brief history of time was written by this physicist. Ooh. Um, is that? 
Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Uh, Kaczynski, you want to steal this one? I know the answer, but you know what I'm trying to do. Uh, Dr. Pepper. Oh, no. Point of order, it's Dirt Pepper. There's no period in that soda. <laughs> I should know. Oh, I, the na- oh, 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 I got it. Sorry. The name escaped me for a second. Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking is correct. I was like, why can't I have to give his name? What's his name? Okay. I love Daft Punk. <laughs> now for something that I think I have under glass back here. The historian Edward Gibbon is known primarily for writing this tome. Um, I'm going to throw out a guess here. Gibbon's Guide to Guilty Gutbusters. No. I'm sorry. That's incorrect. Uh, uh, Ted Cruz, you want to ring in on this one? Pig Latin. Ooh. Nope. <laughs> Uh, uh, Tales of Canterbury? Uh-huh. No, that was Chaucer. Um, um, hey, Mom! Dad! They don't know who wrote Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire! Oh, no. I didn't know what tome meant. No, I, I thought I meant, like, in what tome? A like, tome is where you put a body after it's dead. It's yeah. a tome. A tome is a big-ass book. I use a tome to brush my hair. No, that's a grimoire. <laughs> A grimoire is a type of tome that's about alchemy. Uh, 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 if I didn't die, or I didn't die on the Oregon Trail. You have died of dysentery. This man purportedly shot himself in 1809, only four years after being one of the dynamic duo who led the Corps of Discovery to the Pacific. Uh, well, I know who they are, but I forget which one it was. I'll say Mary Leather, Mary Weather Lewis, and just get that one wrong. Ah, uh, I have bad news for <laughs> oh, you. Damn it! Ted. I thought it was Clark. It was Lewis. It was damn Lewis. It. it was Lewis. Because I forgot Clark's first name. Nah, this sucks. I hate this show. Clark lived, uh, I believe, until the 1830s. This Tennessee frontiersman didn't die on the Oregon Trail because he perished at the Alamo. Yeah, whatever. Davy Crockett. <laughs> This former Pony Express rider and cavalry scout lived long enough to see the Oregon Trail replaced by a railroad and found a famous touring Wild West show. The Buffalo Bill, Wild Buffalo Bill Hickok? Or Cody or something? Okay, Buffalo, Buffalo Bill, Bill Cody. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. The serial killer from Sounds of the Lambs. Let's take a look at the scores. Uh, Danny in the lead was 71. Ted actually started trying, and he has 23 now. I'm not going to try anymore. Willow has has, uh, 13. Uh, We'll be right back uh, to uh, uh, give me money so that I can buy more uh, tomes. Think you can outsmart me? I don't think so. But if you want to try, go to bit.ly slash outsmartcharles and fill out our contestant submission form. We're always looking for new challenges. Uh, welcome back to Outsmart Charles. We've come to the part of the game where points are doubled and play proceeds in the opposite direction. I believe the action is to Danny, with the remaining categories being a root canal across Central America, they ran against the president, and dead white gals. I'll take... Uh... They ran against the president. 
in this category. This includes offices people who became president ran for before they were president. Alan Keyes, John McCain, Mitt Romney. Oh, Barack Obama. Obama is correct. John F. Kennedy, George McGovern, Helen Gahagan Douglas. Uh, Richard Nixon. That's correct. People want to know if the host of Outsmart Charles is a crook. Well, gentlemen, I am not. <laughs> Adlai Stevenson, William Howard Taft, Woodrow Wilson. Uh, oh, man. Um, uh, um, Franklin, no, not Franklin Roosevelt. Sorry, Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt. That's correct. It is indeed Theodore Roosevelt. Oh, speaking of Teddy, uh, we're back to uh, Ted Cruz. Uh, dead white gals. She was the first American woman in space. Sally Field. Yeah, Sally Ride. Sally Ride. <laughs> Sally Ride is correct. This settlement house founder and peace advocate was the first American woman to win the Nobel Peace Prize. Madame Curie. Nope. Um, this is somebody who's, I guess, somewhat contemporaneous with uh, Marie Curie, but it is not Marie Curie. Yeah, I forget um, her name. Willow. Willow for the steal. I'm going to pass. Danny. The settlement house founder and peace advocate was the first American woman to win the... Uh, I have no idea. So how about Sacagawea? Mm-hmm. How about Jane Adams? Yeah. Yeah, wouldn't have gotten that. Oh, as in John Adams. Uh-huh. For, that no. Cool? Oh, no, that's Abigail. Don't even spell it the same way. No, it's a different lady. She has two Ds. This woman's husbands included King Louis VII of France, and her children included King Richard I of England. Sacagawea. <laughs> <laughs> That's incorrect. Willow for the steal. Uh, I don't know. Marie Antoinette. No, Danny, you want to take a stab at this one? That's got to be a queen uh, during French English War. They came together and that's how they compromised that they would marry each other. Ugh. And Queen of Scots? I don't know. No, Eleanor of Aquitaine. Married to at various times the King of France and the King of England. And uh, Willow. Give me the Panama questions. The last category is yours, and it is indeed about the Panama Canal, a root canal across Central America. The Panama Canal spans this type of geographical feature. Uh, What is an isthmus? That's correct. What is an isthmus? Well, it's a narrow strip of land between two much between two bodies of water. The Americans took on the canal after an abandoned effort by this towering French engineer. Uh, Eiffel. That is correct. Eiffel, su- Eiffel suggested to the other French engineers that uh, they should use a system of locks and dams. The other French engineers said no. They should have listened to Eiffel. A lake and a series of locks along the Panama Canal are named for this Panamanian city. Uh, I'm going to go with the city of Panama. <laughs> John, I don't believe 
there are Panama City locks or Lake Panama. Are there? Danny for the steal. Uh, I I don't know Panama City, so uh, Panorama City Ooh. in Los Angeles. Ted? I don't know Panama either, but I'm going to say there's a Loch Ness monster in it. Okay, nobody could nobody could come up with Gatun. Nope, sure couldn't. <laughs> Definitely not. Okay, let, let's look at those scores. Uh, Ted has uh, 30. Uh, Willow has 41. And uh, Danny will be advancing to play me in the final round. We'll, we'll be right back. Um, um, bye, Wheaties. Don't leave now. There's more show coming up. Help us grow the show by subscribing to Outsmart Charles on YouTube. Welcome to the final round of the second Champions episode. Danny has beaten out the competition and one player trying to lose and even failing at losing to make it to the final round to face off against Charles in categories of their choosing. And tonight's categories are Arthur, seasons one through 10, middle school math, baseball, hall of famers, records, and factoids, the Bible, its content, history, and church history in general, and theater history, from ancient Greece to now. Thank you, Danny, for having the wordiest uh, category selections. Uh, let's go with baseball, Hall of Famers, records, and factoids. In 2004, this player reached base 376 times out of his 373 at-bats and was intentionally walked 120 times. Uh, Barry Bonds? That is correct. And now Barry Bonds has been an answer in both the first round and the final round. And... <laughs> That is one thing I hate about baseball, that stat, that Barry Bonds was walked 120 times in one. That's almost one intentional walk a game. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. That's not baseball. That's not baseball. He got on base more times than he was at bat. I, they, they they picked the poison. They were like, let's let the, the poison we pick is that we put him on first. That's what we do every time. It might be it makes sabermetric sense, but it doesn't create exciting baseball. No, which is funny because people are like, oh, baseball is boring now. At least when there were steroids, they hit home runs. Come on, man. Who was the first president to throw a ceremonial first pitch? Ooh, uh, was it Taft? It was Taft. Nice. I knew Taft had something to do with taking me out to the ball game. It's the only president that I could think of that was that long ago. In 1981, these two National League teams failed to make the playoffs despite having the two best full season records in the National League that season. Oh, <laughs> that doesn't compute. Okay. Uh, two National League teams that failed to make the playoffs despite having the two best full season records in the National League that season in 1981. Uh, I'm going to go with... 81, 81. National League teams didn't make the playoffs. Uh, the Mets and the Dodgers. I don't know. Incorrect, Charles. The Dodgers? Okay, starters, Danny. You should know it's not the Dodgers. Dodgers won the World Series in 81. Come on. I thought they won in 80. Okay. You're wondering, how did this happen? In 81, because of a, of a, of a strike, they had a split season, and they awarded the playoffs to who won the halves rather than who won it all. I do not know who the second team is. One of them is the Montreal Expos. I'm going to say the other one is the Atlanta Braves, but I could be wrong. 
It was the Cincinnati Reds and St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, nice attempt to the steal. Charles did uh, did correctly uh, know what happened that season. Yeah, that was uh, it was a weird split season thing. And uh, one of the issues was that uh, the team that had the best season in the first half didn't try in the second half because they already knew they secured a place. So kind of made their full season uh, record go down. Give me a date, please. Although it wasn't an official Olympic sport until 1992, baseball made its unofficial debut in what summer games? Um, I'm going to say 1986. No, Charles, for the steal. I know that one of the times they tried it in 80, they tried it was in 84, but I don't think that was the earliest. Did they try, did they, did they have an exhibition baseball game in 1932? Uh, no, you, I think you got the, uh, the other one right for the uh, first time that they were doing a um, competition that wasn't uh, for medals, uh, but 1904 in St. Louis, home <clears> of <throat> the Cardinals. Um, yeah. And the Browns at and the Browns at that time. That's where they were showing off. Uh, this is what baseball is, and they were like, "This is boring." Who won the first officially recorded competitive baseball game in ni- in eighteen forty six? And what team did they defeat twenty three to one in only four innings? Oh, who won the first officially recorded competitive baseball? It would have been at Doubleday Field, right? That's like the location. Uh, the New York Knights. I don't know. Uh, and who did they beat? Oh, that was correct. Wow. <laughs> I'm not going to say uh, whether it's correct or not until you have the full answer. Yeah. Uh, they beat the um, uh, the Cincinnati Reds. I don't know. All right. So I'm going to pass it to Charles. Okay. Well, um, I believe that uh, now they consider the first official game to be between the Knickerbockers and the New York Nine. And the winning team, I believe, was the Knickerbockers. For some reason, I always I think the Cincinnati Reds in my brain is like the oldest baseball team because they like their like imagery, like their team imagery right now is very like we're old timey baseball players. We play without sleeves and we have a mascot with a funny mustache. <laughs> ah, baseball, <laughs> Cincinnati, because baseball's all we got, and we're otherwise a completely pathetic city. You have so, the Knickerbockers correct, but the New York Mutuals is what we're looking for. The New York Mutuals, oh, for the team they defeated. But it's yeah, it's understandable that their name could easily be forgotten because they lost horribly, and uh, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to have my name remembered anyway. <laughs> Charles, where to? Danny, next? get out your pencil and paper. We're going to middle school math. I have a thirty second timer here. Um, when that thirty seconds is up, you will have the option to either answer or pass. If you pass immediately, your opponent, Danny, will need to come up with an answer or pass. If you both pass, you will each get an additional thirty seconds. If you get the answer wrong, your opponent will get an additional 30 seconds to calculate and then be required to give an answer. Okay, let's, uh, let's do this. Shout out to Khan Academy for helping me figure out what middle school math means nowadays. What is the slope of the line y plus one equals three times brackets uh, x minus four? Three? Yep, starting off easy. Oh my God. And Danny, if you didn't pick that one up, this might be a difficult category. Negative three bracket seven X plus five close bracket equals 27. Solve for X. It's a tough one to read over for the podcast. 
I should have said parentheses instead of brackets, I think. These are skills that I've not used in about 10 years. Oh. So, <laughs> 10 seconds. Uh, All right, that's time trials player pass. Oh, oh okay. Uh, negative two. Negative two is correct. Just in time there. What is the square root of 2,401? Twenty-four oh one. I'm a humanities guys. <laughs> Got you guys. Two, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Forty-nine. Right, what was that? Forty-nine. Forty-nine is correct. What I did is I just figured out what 40 squared and 50 squared was, and then I figured out the last digit. Oh, that's smart. <clears throat> Solve the system of equations. Uh, y equals x minus four, and y equals four x plus two. So looking for the values of y and x, that's true for both of those systems of equations. y equals x minus 4, and y equals 4x plus 2. Ten seconds. Okay. x equals negative 2 and y equals positive 2. Incorrect. Oh. Uh, Danny gets an extra 30 seconds if he needs it. Uh, yep, I'll, I'll take that 30 seconds. All right. Uh, Charles' answer isn't correct. That's what I'm getting too. <laughs> Interesting. I'm going to have to recalculate this. Because I may have written down the, uh, I may have changed something. That okay. definitely why Okay, if y equals x plus 4, use the substitution method, and then x minus 4 equals 4x plus 2. Then you subtract an x from each side, and you get negative 4 equals 3x plus 2. Subtract 2 from each side, negative 6 equals 3x. And then you divide each side by 3, and x equals negative 2. Then you plug in negative 2 for x, and then negative 2 plus 4, and solving for y, y equals positive 2. Leave it to Charles to find my weakness. I have uh, x equals negative 2, y equals negative 6. Oh, now I see what I did. Yeah. I added 4 when I should have subtracted 4. There we go. All right. schoolers aren't watching. They probably are. <laughs> Last question here. This is going to be a word problem. Nice. Okay. If 140 socks with 36 shirts costs $1,030 and 116 socks with 42 shirts costs $1,036, how much does a pair of socks cost? I'm going to read that one more time and start the timer. If 140 socks with 36 shirts costs $1,030 and 116 socks with 42 shirts costs $1,036, how much does a pair of socks cost? Shirts are clearly more expensive.
I need to find some better music for this longer waiting period. Hmm. How do I approach this? I don't even know how to. Okay. Divided by two. Three. Two. All right. First time's up. Player pass. Pass. Danny? Player pass. Uh, uh, three, pass. two. All right. 30 extra seconds. Oh, 30 extra seconds to me. Let me try. All right, Charles, player pass. Three, two, one. Uh, three? Three is incorrect. Danny, you get an extra 30 seconds since he guessed wrong. Okay. Is it seven? It is seven. Charles was getting close to a single sock, which would be 350, but I did specifically say a pair of socks. Well, I'm going to lose this one. I just made an info of myself. Danny, congratulations. <laughs> We're just going to forward this to your math students. Got some studying to do. Can I, may I recommend Khan Academy? They're not even a sponsor. I just like them. Danny, where to uh, next? Let's go theater history. This Italian theater form from the 16th century uses the character groups Zani, Vecchi, Inamorati, and Il Capitano. There's my terrible Italian uh, pronunciation for you. <laughs> Commedia dell'arte. Correct. This form of Attic theater is known for its chorus with costumes focusing on the phallus and use of wordplay and sexual innuendos. Uh, satyr plays? Yeah, I'll give you that. I always pronounce it nice. satyr, like satirical, but... Attic theater, I've never heard of that phrase. Uh, like, from that... Attica? Oh. This form of traditional Japanese puppet theater dates back to the 17th century, influenced kabuki, and is still performed today. Uh, bunraku? Correct. I, I remember like Mitch Brunel taught me that. I, was, I knew it was either bunraku or Hanamichi. I'm kicking uh, myself for adding four when I should have subtracted four earlier. That'll cost me the game. Name any three plays written by Heinrich Ibsen. Okay, uh, Hedda Gabler, A Doll's House, and Ghost. Or Ghosts, plural. Ghosts. Ghosts is correct. Yeah. Dang good, it, good Could you name a fourth? Uh, the Ugly Duck, I think, is one. Or the... The Wild Duck is one. The Wild Duck, that's what it is. Name any seven musicals with music by Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. <laughs> Lloyd Webber. I don't like him, but that's okay. Uh, Phantom of the Opera, Evita, Starlight Express, Cats, School of Rock. Ooh, uh, I need two more. Two more, two more, two more, two more. Uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. And you pulled it out there. Well, Danny, looks like you're going to win this one. <laughs> nice, nice job with School of Rock. I, uh, I, I had the same ones, except uh, didn't think of School of Rock off the top of my head. Uh, except I thought of Love Never Dies. 
Oh yeah, the the really really bad fan. I, I know <laughs> there are, I know people are going to be mad at me that listen to this that love Andrew Lloyd Webber. He's he's the Michael Bay of musical theater. Let's just call it. Oh, he so is. I kind of agree. Even if I even if I get all of them right, Danny wins because I I, I, I screwed up uh, adding four instead of subtracting four. <laughs> We're going Arthur seasons one through ten. Charles, I wouldn't say you're counted out completely yet because uh, I wouldn't trust your math anymore. Um, all right. <laughs> Arthur seasons one through ten. In the first episode of Arthur, Arthur explains to DW why he wears this. Glasses. Glasses. That's right. In season three, episode two, DW is suddenly afraid to go to school after this incident in Miss Morgan's class. So Oh. That's it. Is that the one about telling secrets? Uh, I don't know, but that's not why uh, she didn't do it. All right. We're going to pass it over to Danny. Uh, is she, af- is she afraid of the, the bully aardvark? The, the, the bigger kid that like is kind of chunky and he, she, she's like afraid of a bully. Not in this episode. Uh, Chris oh. was just yelling this at his screen. I could see him over there. Uh, it was the fire drill. They had fire drills and then she was afraid to go to class. Mr. Ratburn's class does this to commemorate Elwood City's centennial, coincidentally on the hundredth episode of Ar- Arthur. Stage the musical. Yeah. With Jacob Katz and Ellen Bowen. Why does Mr. Ratburn stay at Arthur's house in a at season four episode? Uh, because his uh, the the his his roof uh, caves in during a, a large snowfall. Right, and even got all of the uh, points of info on there. A season ten episode has been pulled from circulation because of a character parodying a guest star in future episodes, which were also pulled. Name the guest star the parody character, and the season 10 episode. Ooh. Yeah, these three episodes were all pulled from circulation because of this guest star, uh, but the season 10 episode just featured a character that was parodying who became the guest star later on. So looking for that, the... the, uh, the name of the guest star, the name of the parody character from that episode, and the name of that episode. Okay. I have... I'm guessing... Okay, I'm going to guess that this is the episode... That this is the story about Fern and Persimmony Glitchit, which, of course, is a parody of Lemony Snicket. That's my guess. It might be one of the baseball players, but I think it's Fern and Persimmony Glitchit. And Lemony Snicket was the guest star on the future episodes? Yeah. Maybe I'm forgetting the name of the real person Lemony Snicket is is the pen name of, but yeah. I'll give it I'll give I'll give Lemony Snicket to you. It's it's wrong. All right. Danny, <laughs> for the steal. How's uh, your Arthur trivia? I I remember reading somewhere that episodes were pulled because in like conservative states there was like a plot with like a character being gay or a character. Yeah, but- that's that's true, Danny. That's true. Wasn't in the first ten seasons. That's more recently. 
Oh, okay. I'm going to just shot in the dark. Uh, it was, the, the guest was Gordon Ramsay. Uh, the, the parody was a equally mean chef that like screamed at people at, at the kids in the cafeteria named uh, Gordon Pansy. Um, and, uh, made, made them all throw away their, their cafeteria food. <laughs> good, good parody name there. Uh, Charles, if I told you it was related to a doping scandal. Oh, it was one, was it one of the, oh, oh, right. There's also the episode where they have Vance Legstrong, who's based on Lance Armstrong, isn't there? Correct. The episode name was Binky versus Binky. Yeah, that's 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 where he 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 crashes his bike and has to prove to himself that he's still good. Well, Danny, I have good news for you. You have successfully outsmarted me. Yeah, the theater history definitely helped. <laughs> and the fact that, well, let's see. Even if I'd gotten the 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 X minus four instead of X plus four, right? I think I still would have lost. Anyway, Danny, you'll be going to the grand final uh, sometime. Awesome! I look forward to it. And we'll hope and see see if any of our baseball predictions about the free agent market, namely that Carlos Correa will not have a team by the time that episode airs. <laughs> and I'll leave y'all with this. DH is an abomination. It's a fake position. It should never exist. And we'll see you next week on Outsmart Charles. <laughs>